This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. Do we experience the reality of His presence? Do we slow down enough in our life to be able to experience it? All of these things. They build a wall of separation, even when we have the best of intentions, even as believers. We need to allow Him to remove those walls as we seek His face and His strength in our daily, in our moment-by-moment life. This world that we live in is chaotic. It's fast-paced and it never stops. We have so many things that distract us from spending time with God. We have so many things that get in the way of us walking according to His ways. Instead, we're driven by man-made wisdom and understanding. But believer, we can't allow that to happen. We need to seek our Heavenly Father. We need to pray that He reveals those things in our lives that are keeping us from following Him. If we ask, He will show us. Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 12 with part two of our message entitled, Tear Down This Wall. There was no way that you and I could even begin to understand the promises of God in His Word because we were outside, literally, of the household of faith. We did not understand because these things are understood through the work of the Spirit in our lives. Third point, he says at that time also, you had no hope and you were without God in the world. There was a reason for the emptiness, for the wandering of your soul. You had no hope. No hope for this life and certainly no hope for eternity. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty desperate to me. It sounds like a pretty horrible situation for anyone to be in. But you need to know this morning that everyone in this room was either in that condition in the past, Or perhaps there may be some of you here this morning that are in that condition even now. That you could look at your life, and if you were able to look at it honestly and literally with the eyes of God, you would understand that you are without Christ. You're separated from the very promises of God in your life, and you have absolutely no hope, and you're without God in this world. Beloved, it's not religion. It's not good intentions. It's not even goodness or a lack of it. If you're without Christ in this present world, you are without hope. Without Christ, your your very purpose of life is lost. You live your life for your 70, 80, 90, maybe 100 years. But if you're outside of Christ, the purpose of your life has been totally lost. I, I agree with the Reformers when they ask in what's called the Westminster Catechism. The very first question that they ask there is, what is the chief and highest end of man? Why were we created? And the answer, the response to that question is, is that man's chief and highest end is to glorify God and to fully enjoy Him forever. You and I were created for that purpose. And unless we are in Christ, there is no way possible that we can fulfill that purpose of our creation. So here we are. We were in this desperate condition. 
We were walled in by our own sinfulness. We were walled in by our lack of understanding. We were walled in by our own inability to be able to apprehend the hope that was found in the gospel. But praise God, Paul doesn't leave the Ephesians there, neither does he leave us there. He goes on. Once again, he gives us one of those but God moments. Remember, we had one a little earlier up in verse 4. when In verses 1 to 3 of chapter 2, he talks about the deplorable situation we were in. And then in verse 4, he says, oh, but God. Well, here we have another very similar type one over in verse 13. In verse 13, he tells us, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You see, once again, here's your deplorable situation, but God. But God through Christ has now brought you near. And that's the point of celebration for us all. In the 18th century, the hymn writer and the poet William Cowper wrote these words. There is a fountain filled with blood. It's drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilt and stain. See, that's the reality of our hope in Christ. That as we come to Christ, the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf cleanses us from the guilt and from the stain of our sin. Another hymn writer in the 19th century who is also a Baptist pastor Followed by the name of Robert Lowry, he wrote these very familiar words. What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. There's no other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, it's by the blood of Jesus that we've been brought near to God. It's because of the sacrifice of Christ that we have the ability to be able to enter into the holy place with God. There's so much that can be said about the blood sacrifice of Christ. The the only sacrifice that allows the guilt of our sin to not only be washed away, but actually to be completely paid in full. That's what's called the atonement. He atoned for our sin. He took our sin upon himself. Previously, it had been continually demonstrated by that sacrificial system of the Jews. God instructed them in in their sacrifice, and it was a precursor of the coming of the ultimate sacrifice of Christ for the sin of the entire world. You and I would be grossed out, I believe, in, in the culture that we've been raised in, unless you've worked at a slaughterhouse, okay? You and I would be grossed out at the worship of the Jews of the Old Testament because it was a bloody mess. We would have been repulsed by that to see that. But I believe that God did that purposefully. Because it was a demonstration of the grossness of our sin before His holiness. And the reality of the greatness of the payment that needs to be paid because of the immensity of our sin. It was a great object lesson for the Jewish worshiper as they would go into the temple and they would see the innocence of these lambs and of these uh, bulls and of these other animals as they were sacrificed for the sin of man. Prior to our coming by faith 
to receive that completed work of Christ's sacrifice in our own lives. We were separated from God because of the wall of sin that was in our lives. But Paul tells us here, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And in the removal of that wall of sin, gang, peace comes into our lives. What does he say in verse 14? For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, who has broken down the middle wall of separation. I believe that this wall of separation Paul speaks about has a double meaning. It has a double impact. First of all, it was the wall of separation between the Jew and the Gentile. Just as he wrote earlier, we were aliens. We were separated from Israel and all of those promises. But I believe also it speaks of the wall of separation between humanity and God. Separated by our sin and even by our sin nature. Simple acknowledgement of the bloodline connecting with, with Abraham for the Jew wasn't even enough. The bloodline of our parents isn't enough. For the Jew, many of them thought, well, just simply because I am part of the nation of Israel, then God looks at me with favor. But Paul makes it very clear that no, even in the Old Testament, they were saved by faith. And there were many who had the bloodline of Abraham in their lives, but they weren't true Israel because they didn't walk in faith of the one true God. And Paul gives us very clear instruction, very clear understanding of those things. And for you today, you and I, just because our parents or our grandparents were believers, it doesn't matter if our parents or our grandparents were in the ministry. It does not matter. Each one of us stands before God, not on account of our pedigree, but because of, again, our faith in Christ. It's not the bloodline of our parents, but it's because of the blood of Christ. That's where we need to stand. The blood of Christ is the only active agent that's able to tear down the wall. Looking around, I know that some of you here will probably remember very clearly, maybe you even saw the news reports at the time, the time when then-President Ronald Reagan spoke at the Brandenburg Gate there in, in Berlin in West Germany. And that was back in 1987. And as I got to thinking about that, wow, 1987, that's uh, 10, 20, that's, that's like a lot of years ago now. But you, you remember, and perhaps those of you that are younger have, have seen news reports or you've heard it, how, again, standing there before that wall, that Berlin Wall that was built back in only 1961, that wall had become a symbol of Soviet and communist oppression to the people of Germany and even throughout Europe. Reagan, at that point in time, he publicly challenged Mikhail Gorbachev, who was the general secretary of the Communist Party, with those words. You remember those words. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It's interesting, that wall of separation, that wall of oppression. Finally, it was torn down. whole series of political changes and, and, and civil unrest brought that wall down 1989 and 1990. The Berlin Wall was built because of the fears of men and was taken down because of man desiring freedom. 
you know what? That wall of separation between us and God was placed there because of the sinful nature of man and the holy nature of God. We who were sinful, there had to be a wall of separation between us and the one who is holy. And beloved, for us really that wall was a wall of protection. Because of the holiness of God, if we were to enter into that holiness, we would be completely destroyed. You see, that was even symbolized for us by the veil that was before the Holy of Holies there in the temple. That Holy of Holies, a place where only the high priest could go once a year, and the only way that he could go in was with this blood of the sacrifice. Because anyone else who would enter into that place, which was a representation of the holiness of God, would be annihilated at that point in time. They would be struck down at that point because of the holiness of who God is and because, again, of the wretchedness of our own lives. It's interesting. That veil that was placed there, it was a place of separation that was finally torn, and it was torn from the top down at what time? At the time of the crucifixion of Christ. Through his death, he tore down that wall of separation. No human hands could ever pull down that wall. It had to be an act of God. And you know what? God did that for you and for me because of the greatness of his love. But he couldn't do it until the sacrifice had been made total and complete that paid for our sin, that atoned for our sin. Back in Ephesians verse 15, he says, Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the hostility, the antagonism, That is the law of the commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. In Christ, there is a great unity that that spans over or destroys all of the boundaries all of the borders, all of the walls that humanity could ever put up. That's why Paul can say in Galatians 3, verse 28, he says, therefore there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. First of all, for you who are believers, is there anything in your life that comes in as a wall of separation between you and even other believers. You think, well, that, that couldn't be. Yeah, oh, yes, it could be. You know, the unfortunate reality is, is quite often we build up walls. These things come in as, as prejudice. They come in as pride. They come in as an unwillingness to humble ourselves before others. They come in as our continual actions of majoring on the minors. Our unwillingness to take the time to commit to loving one another even as Christ loved us. It comes in as our failure to live our lives as servants and a host of other self-righteous reasons that build walls in our lives that divide us from each other. Beloved, if that's the case in your life, I believe that by prayerful contemplation and introspect, I believe that the Holy Spirit would show you those things. If those things are in your life, 
Perhaps it's time for you to allow the Lord to remove that attitude. To take out that plank that's in your own eye. To tear down that sin that separates you in your own life. Maybe it's time to ask the Lord, Lord, tear down this wall. Secondly, and again for you as believers, is there anything in your life that's come in as a wall of separation between your fellowship with the Lord Jesus? Beloved, these things come into our lives both by commission and omission. That means by doing those things that I shouldn't do as well as not doing the things that I should do. Both of those things bring in separation in that fellowship. They come in as an unwillingness, perhaps to be broken yourself, before the Lord. They come in as pride. They come in as as busyness that takes us away from those times of refreshing, those times of renewal in our lives. Really, do you purposefully take time to be with and to hear from the Lord? If not, I can guarantee you, your fellowship is not what it ought to be. Do you commit all of your ways before Him, not relying on your own strength and on your own wisdom? If you don't, I guarantee you, your fellowship is not what it ought to be. Your ability to be able to hear His Spirit speaking to you isn't nearly where it ought to be. Have I allowed the busyness and the hecticness of life to keep me from the sweetness of being able to just be with the Lord, to experience the reality of His presence? Oh, He's always with me, and I'm going here, and I'm going there, and I'm running helter-skelter in every direction. Oh, and I know the Lord is with me. But do we experience the reality of His presence? Do we slow down enough in our life to be able to experience it. All of these things, they build a wall of separation, even when we have the best of intentions, even as believers. We need to allow Him to remove those walls as we seek His face and His strength in our daily, in our moment-by-moment life. We need to continually be reminded of the words of Paul as he wrote to the Philippians in chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And then Paul says, and the God of peace will be with you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you know your faith is in him, but yet you walk around in life and there's no peace in your life because of all the circumstances that surround you, all the events that come on in your life. If you don't have peace, I guarantee you, you haven't fulfilled The instruction of Paul found there in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. Because you've allowed your heart, you've allowed your mind, you've allowed your focus to be on these other things, on these other things that draw you away from the reality and the power and the strength and the might and the love, the care and the concern, the ability of who God is in your life. Beloved, the more we focus on the stuff around us, the further we are from fellowship 
from the God who loves us and desires that intimate relationship with us. He says there, if you do all these things, God of peace will be with you. Thirdly, this question may be for some of you this morning. Maybe it's not. It's between where you're at in relationship or lack of relationship with God. Third question is, is has that wall of separation between you and God ever been removed from your life? That wall of separation of sin. That wall of separation of being separated from the reality of knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is the most important of of all the questions. As important as the other two are, beloved, this is the most important. On this question, eternity hangs in balance for you as a believer. And it's not a question that has a a multiple choice answer. It's not a question that the answers are going to be graded on a curve at all. You can't say, well, yes, sort of, kind of, you know, I well, yeah, I kind of sort of committed my life to Christ, you know, a number of sort of kind of, no, it doesn't work that way. It's not like when you stand before the Lord at that day, again, rather of his coming or our death, and you say, well, yeah, sort of, kind of, I believed in you. Yeah, sort of, kind of, I committed my life to you. Beloved, either you have or you have not. It's either real in your life or it's not real. And if in your life it's a wavering kind of thing, then I encourage you, even as the Apostle Paul encourages, examine yourself, see if you're truly in the faith or not. Because there ought to be a reality of truth that in my life, there was a time in my life that I committed my life to Jesus Christ. I surrendered my life into His care. This can only happen through an act of faith in your life, trusting in that completed work of Christ as the payment for your sin, committing your life to Him as your Lord and Savior, submitting yourself into His hands of love, His hands of compassion, His hands of forgiveness. For some of you, that might have happened at a very early age, and I don't doubt that if you've been raised in a Christian home. But let me ask you, do you know for sure that you know the Lord? For some of you in your life, maybe your life has been one, well, man, you should have seen me last year. You should have seen me 10 years ago. My life has really changed from what I used to be, and I applaud that. I'm glad that you're no longer living the way you were, but let me ask you this. Is it because Christ has come into your heart or simply because you chose to make a difference in your life and you're going a different direction? Beloved, there's a world of difference between turning over a new leaf of life and finding real and true eternal life through surrendering your life to Christ. And you see, it doesn't matter how good you become in this world. Outside of Christ, you are separated. The wall of separation is there between you and God. It's when we come by faith to accept Christ and surrender our life to Him. What if I decide that I don't want to live that way anymore? I just want to change my life. I want to give up that thing. I want to stop doing that thing. I want to start walking the straight and narrow. Beloved, his word is true. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I encourage you, if you're here this morning and you're trusting in any other thing, 
other than the completion of the sacrifice of Christ on your behalf. And beloved, today, this morning, you need to surrender your heart and life to Christ. You need to allow him to break your pride, break your attitude of self-sufficiency, and know that only in Christ can I find, can I understand the truth of salvation. We hope that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard today is exactly what you're looking for in a church. Then please join us. We have services on Saturday evenings and two Sunday morning worship services, as well as other services throughout the week. For more information about service times, including driving directions, log on to TheOpenWord.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now, we want to be sure to tell you how you can get a free copy of this teaching. Simply log on to TheOpenWord.com. Our website has today's message available for you to download. For more information about The Open Word or Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, we encourage you to log on to TheOpenWord.com. Although The Open Word teachings are always available to you free of charge, if you'd like to help support this ministry, simply log on to the website TheOpenWord.com and click on the support link to make a secure donation to this teaching ministry. Your donation can be set up as a one-time or regular scheduled tax-deductible gift. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God richly bless you.